Loving God, loving people. Welcome to Shiloh Church in Oakland, California. Here's today's message from Senior Pastor Javier Ramos. We're kicking off this new series, Beyond. um, And I believe God has uniquely gifted us. I want you to hear this. God has uniquely gifted us to to live beyond ourselves. To live beyond who we are. Um, to reach out and make a difference. I love Ephesians 4. One, actually, Ephesians 4 is probably one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible. But, but I love the way it starts. And, and if you know Paul's circumstance, he's actually in prison for the first time in Rome. And, and he's telling everybody in the very first verse, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Each of you have received a calling from God. Each one of you have received a gift to go beyond who you are and what you are. And and there's this word um, that that I love. You see all through the Bible about fulfillment. And, And God wants us to live fulfilled. How many of you believe that? See, the issue is is getting God's perspective of what that is to be fulfilled versus the world's perspective of what it is to be fulfilled. And actually, I would say the enemy. And and if you look at what fulfillment or transcend, have you ever heard that word transcend? It it means to live beyond, to to live beyond our range or the limitations in our lives, to surpass really what we could even do on our own to make a mark how many of you would say i want to make a mark amen um i was uh yesterday we were i was at a birthday party celebrating wowa 97 years old on friday she turned 97 and the family opened it up for a time to to share about all that she's had and it was just amazing i was impacted hearing the stories of lives that have been changed because of Woa, not just in her family, but throughout the world. Actually, if you want, you can visit my Facebook page. Um, I put a story about her and a link to GodTube TV where actually Pastor Violet talks about Woa and the impact that she had on her life. And, and j- just a life that has transcended, that, 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 that's gone beyond. Doesn't mean it's perfect. I want you to hear that. A perfect life isn't what is necessary to do what God's called you to do, to live worthy of the, God, of, of the calling that you have received from God. And he's placed in you a desire to live above the ordinary, to live a life that goes beyond, to, to have a life and, and a calling where I do my part and make a difference. Let me tell you, you've all been called to be ministers of the gospel. I want to say that again. You've all been called to be ministers for Jesus Christ. You've all been called to display the glory of God wherever you have. And, and, and my calling is to do the part God has given me now. Not when it's all lined up, but now right now and 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 the key to that is to be consistent to your calling be consistent to who god's called you to be you know god's system is it's very clear and we and we talked about it last series about teaching and fellowship and breaking of bread and prayer we need to be consistent in the things god has told us to do now 
right now. You know, it's interesting. This week I was reading the story of Rosa Parks. And, and the day that she rode on that bus, she wasn't thinking, today I'm going to ride a bus and change the world. She was being consistent to who she was. And if you read the story of who she was, she believed in Jesus. And from she talks about how from nine years in age above, she remembers her grandmother quoting scripture and her grandfather praying and saying, you are more than what you see. You are more than what anybody says. You are great in God's eyes. And you read the story and they asked her, why did you do what you did? I want you to hear this. And she said, something happened. She was sitting in the first row of where it said blacks only and some white folks came up and there was no room and the bus driver said, you need to move. Got quiet in here all of a sudden. And there was, she said, there was something in me where I heard God say no. And he said, I told you no. And there was a strength, a peace. It, she says, I instantly got, felt God Give me the strength to endure whatever would happen next. And God's peace flooded my soul. And, the, and she says, my fear melted away. And she began to remember all those scriptures that said, all people were created equal in God's eyes. And I was going to live like a free person and the person that God created me to be. Now, I want you to hear this. That same year, two other women had done the same thing. You don't hear about those. One of them went off punching and crawling and scratching. And nobody would stand. The civil rights movement would not stand behind them. Another one was, went off giving profanities. They said, we're going to do it our way. But Rosa Parks said, no, I'm going to do it God's way. And it was the way she went up, went to jail, wasn't afraid, believed God told her to do something. And in that moment, that bus ride changed the course of America. And it was because somebody said, I'm going to be consistent to the calling God has placed in my life. I'm not going to conjure it up. I'm not going to make it happen. I'm going to do that thing that God called me to do now. And God's going to do something great. The same story with David in the Bible. Here you see David. He had been anointed. You all know the story. He was out taking care of sheep. Smelled like sheep. Loved being with the sheep. He probably bad like sheep. He probably, when he talked, Pastor Nina, he said, Hi, Nina. He was all about his sheep. He was a consistent shepherd. I want you to hear this. And they called him out. The prophet came, all that. Said, no, none of these are the ones. Where's that one? Where's number eight? Called number eight out poured oil on his head. And you know what he went back to doing? Taking care of the sheep. He didn't get anointed with this calling and said, all right, I'm going to sit right here until I become king. I'm going to be consistent with what God's called me to do now. And he went back to taking care of the sheep. You know how I know this? Go to 1 Samuel 17, 34 and 35. Who are you now? Not who you want to be, but who are you now? And he went there, and, and this is Saul saying, who are you to take out this king, this giant in the land? We all know the story. He's delivering lunch. He had been taking care of the sheep. He's delivering lunch. And look what he says here. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his sheep. 
And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it. Now, you want to talk about tough. You heard me the other few sermons ago, I was talking about pop off. I mean, David, that lion came. He'd hold the sheep back with one hand. He'd beat up the lion and the bear. He was consistent to what God called them to do in that moment. He wasn't trying. Look, I want you to read this. Does it say here? Oh, and a prophet came and poured a little oil and rubbed me on my forehead. And the prophet said this, so I'm called to do this. No, he was being, he talked about how he was consistent with the thing God called him to do. See, you've all been called. You've all been called. And even with greater things than what you're doing now. But your qualifications won't come until you do the thing that God's called you to do now. We're all chasing next and we're not doing now. You want me to say that again? You're all chasing next, but you're not doing what God's called you to do now. We all want the next thing. And if the enemy could put you on a hamster wheel, living each and every day, chasing the next and not doing what God's called you to do now, he's cool with that. Because you know what? You'll be ineffective. We won't make a difference in the world. We won't impact this world for Jesus Christ. He didn't tell him that. And even the king said, here's my armor. And did he put it on? They tried to put it on him, and he took a few steps and said no. He could have said, oh, yeah, I've been called. Look, I remember now the Samuel, he came and put a little oil on my head. But he didn't do that. See, God's called some of you for more, but you're not working. You're now. You're not living beyond with what you have now. Amen? It's God that calls, and it's God that qualifies. You want me to say that again? It's God that calls, and it's God to qualify. Quit. Start living in the now, not in the next. And never doing nothing now. Never doing nothing now. We're in the now, and we're never doing anything. And that's why David went to the next level. It Because he took care of the level he was at. I love... Um, Eric Butler, he came and he talked about level one living. And we all get stuck in that level one living. That's going to become a new talk here at Shiloh. Level one living. And part of that level one living is thinking, I'm this way over there. And God's saying, yeah, you may be, but you got to work your now, now. Make a difference now. Impact the world now. Do what I've called you to do now. Maybe I've called you to call the prayer perimeter now, to be a facilitator on the prayer line now. 650 people were part of the prayer perimeter this last week. Maybe God's saying open up a life group now or attend one now or get into pathways now. What is he telling you to do now? Get on Team Shiloh now. you got to use what you have. What you have, you got to do. Moses is a great example of that. God gave him a stick and he threw it on the ground and it turned into a snake and it wasn't just to, for God to show him how he could do magic tricks. It was he, I can do anything that I needs to happen if you work your now. I want you to hear that. He's a limitless God. We are not. There's a world out there selling this jargon telling you 
that you are limitless. That is a lie of the enemy. God's placed you somewhere. He's given you boundaries. He's put you in the place where he's called you to be. And you know how most of us live, live in? Pastor Chris, can you go over to that square? Pastor Don, you go over to that square right over there. And we're living here, and we live on the border like this, saying, why don't I got that? Why don't I got, why can't I preach like Pastor Don could preach? Why can't she run pathways? I could run pathways better than her. Who's she? She works for OUSD. Not me. I, I work for one of those other big school districts. Why can she do that and I can't? And we live on the boundaries here, not working where God has given us, and I don't have time to go into this, a measure of grace for. We want what they got. And we live here on the edge of where I, and then I start going over to where he's at. And guess what? The blessing of God is out of my life. Because this ain't me. This ain't me, boo. Me's over here right now. And we live this enemy. And I'll tell you what, I hear pastors do it all the time. Leaders, I've been at conferences. We were just, oh, I could have preached way better than him. I, we just were at a conference. I saw one of my heroes, Steve Morell. We, if you've never read his book, The Purple Book, or uh, Wiki Church, amazing man of God. When he gets up to share, I fall asleep. 90,000 people in his church in the Philippines. But you know why? Because God, that's his measure of grace. And I can sit there saying, oh God, why don't I have that, God? Because that's what God's, he's working his now. He's working what the Lord has given him now. He went on a missions trip. He thought he was just going to fulfill a sabbatical for two months. He's been there now 35 years. Because what? God worked his now. He got on the bus and said, you know what? I'm going to do this thing. God's put you on a bus and he's saying, are you going to do what I've given you to do? It will be, a see, that's the story there. Our limitless God wants to show in the boundaries of our lives, I can do great things. Amen? In the boundaries. Here's a woman who works nine to five, runs pathways, people's lives being changed. Why? Because he's given her a measure of grace here and now. And as long as you live over there saying, well, I could do that. I could do that better. Guess what? You won't do nothing. Because you're living in the next and never living your now. And you're just measuring yourself. And if the enemy can catch you in that trap, he's happy to keep you there. Because God's called you to live beyond now. Not when you're getting that theological degree. What theological degree did David have? What did Rosa Parks have? What is it? Pa Pastor Don's had a passion for the word since I've known her. And she's grown in that passion. Amen? But we're all looking on the edges. Oh, always talking about he, she, and we. What about me? And, and that's the story of our... See, our God is limitless, and he wants to show himself limitless in the boundaries and in the place he's placed us to be. You see the difference? Do you understand that difference? Thank you, thank you. You guys are amazing props. Praise the Lord. Amen. 
And we all, like Christians, we all love Joshua 1.3. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, as I said to Moses. Hallelujah. And we all go wild and start jumping up and down. But we don't read the next verse. Look, he put limits. We tell it, oh yeah, everywhere I go, I'm going to dominate. No, because you're going into somebody else's territory. You're not going to dominate here because this is Chris's domain. Your domain is over there. What are you doing? And telling God, hey, you don't have this figured out, God. Let me tell you what you should have. Let me tell you what you should have done. Getting awfully quiet in here. See, we don't need the next verse. Look, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I will give you, as I said to Moses. Now read verse 4. From the wilderness, this Lebanon, as far as the great river and the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea towards going down of the sun shall be your territory. There's your boundaries. Everywhere, I've, every place that your foot lands in the boundaries I've given you, you are going to conquer. If you work your now, right now, and when you finish working every section of your now, guess what happens? That's when those boundaries get enlarged and all of a sudden you start making a big impact. God's not going to set you up for failure. But you got to work your now now. And your now's not sitting in a pew on Sundays. Ooh, it's quiet in here. Amen? We're called to serve. We're called to be a part. I've told you the story. I got saved. The only church I know is Shiloh. I got saved here. My mom got saved. She put me in a school here. B.C. before Christ. My wife always talks about how she remembers this or that. Honestly, I don't remember my wife back then. And I say that was the Lord protecting her from me. She heard all the stories about me. She says that her friend would eat lunch with me and, and she'd be sitting there with her all the time because she was scared of me. I don't remember that. I don't remember sweet Melinda there. That was the Lord protecting her from me. Praise you, Jesus. Amen? But I remember I, I, I went and I got saved and I left Oakland for a while. And God called me somewhere else. And when I came back, first thing I thought of was Shiloh. And I came back and all I did, my mom still has the cassettes tape that says, Mom, I'm just, God's called me back to go to college. I'm just going to serve Jesus. Period. And I came to the church and said, what can I do? And they said, you could clean some toilets. And you know what I said? Okay. Praise the Lord, I developed an allergy to ammonia. <laughs> but you know why I believe he would did that? I'll tell you why, because I'm a guy. You ask my wife, I'm going to put a hand to the plow guy and don't look back. And you ask Melinda, every time the Lord's told us to make a shift, we go kicking and screaming, and God has to make it very clear. Otherwise, we don't move. Because I've seen the benefits in my life. We've seen it of being consistent and sowing and sowing and sowing into a thing and you begin to see the fruit I'm afraid of leaving that and it gets scarier as you get older well let me tell you God's going to stretch you and we just served and did whatever I remember the days I walked I hated walking by Pastor Violet's classes because she see me and she hey dear hey dear you want to come and teach this section and I'd say I'd want to say hell no but I'd say no yeah yeah come here dear just here I got the notes you go ahead 
Amen. There's, and, and, and God will put you around people in your now that are going to stretch you out so you continue to work that now and do what God has called you to do. But you're just coming in and out of church on Sundays and you don't have that fellowship of believers that you're breaking bread with, praying, teaching, going over scriptures with and fellowshipping with. You don't have those people speaking into your life. And they're going to help you work your now so God begins to change and, and you begin to influence even in that area. I remember we were doing college and career. And I was cleaning toilets and, and I was working and we were in college and we had just gotten married. I remember people come to meetings where we were doing the children's ministry in our office and we had a diaper genie and it was stuffed loaded with diapers and our office reeked and people were sitting in there like this, but that was our now. We would say, Lord, I got to take a break. I got kids. Lord, I can't serve you right now. God had called us to work our now and work it. God's calling you right now. Work what he's giving you now. Amen? See, the world gives conditions. Our God's a covenant-keeping God. Amen? He calls us. And I believe, let me tell you, there's a reality to this world, and that's, I've been doing a lot of funerals. I've been celebrating a lot of births and a lot of people graduating. There's a reality. People will die and go to hell. That's the truth of the matter. There are people right now, Bay Area, 8 million people in the Bay Area, less than 2%, 2.5% say they're Christians, less than 2% go to church. In the Bay Area. But what is God telling you to do right now in your now? What is, what is it? And, and, and when, let me ask, tell you, when, you, when you die and you stand before God, he's going to ask you two questions. What did you do with my son Jesus? What was your relationship with Jesus? Well, you know, I read about him. I went to church on Sundays, and I heard about him, and I even sang songs about him, and I even read some books and pathways about him. See, that's your religion. What he's going to ask is, what is it? The Bible says there's some, he's going to say, I never knew you. What he's saying is, did you have a relationship with Jesus? Did you live in relationship with him? Where you heard from him. Not just that he heard you, but you heard from him. And then there's another one. If you get past that question, there'll be another one. What did you do with your life on earth? There's two judgments. I don't have time to get into that, but you get into Corinthians and you, and, and you begin to see there's actually two judgments. One is the one where we stand before the Lord. The other one is what did we do for, the, for Jesus? Means you could be saved, but your eternity, you're determining what your heaven or your eternity will be like right now by what you do for Jesus Christ. Awfully quiet in here. That's the reality of it. I'm going to give you just a few scriptures. I don't have time to go into it today, but just so you have them, so you could read about it, because I believe these two questions are very important, and we need to read about it and understand that my life is not just about being saved. Jesus didn't just come, didn't just come into this world so I could live life saved. My Bible says in John 10, 10, I've come to give you life and life more abundant. I've come for you to live a fulfilled life. A life that's fulfilled. He came so that you would be um, fulfilled. Here, here, write down these scriptures. 2 Corinthians 5.10. 1 
Revelations 22, 12. 1 Corinthians 3, 9 through 15. And then one more. 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 3, 13 through 15. But the day is coming when fire will reveal the, qual the quality of what we did and what, and what survives will be a reward. And the fire burns up your work. It'll show you didn't do it for Jesus. But then it says, but you'll still be saved. So that's talking about those two judgments. Our God, our God doesn't want us just getting by. He wants us to live our now, now. He wants us to live beyond what he's called us to do. He wants us to, to, to do something great in this world. John 10.10, 10, the thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. I come that you may enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. I want you to transcend what you think your life should be. That's what God has for you if you live your now and don't just live life chasing your next. You know, it's interesting. There's actually a study called Maslow's Hierarchy. You can look it up on Wikipedia. Maslow's Hierarchy. And I don't have much time to go into it. But back then, they did this study in 1943. All your students, college students, if you studied psychology, you learned all about this. If you're in sociology classes and some of your basic college classes, and it'll say there, this man studied the needs of people. And they assume there's these level of needs, physical needs, safety needs, love needs, esteem needs. And what they understood was these four needs provide instant gratification, but ultimately they do not satisfy your life. But most people live here. That's called level one living. Most people live there. And then there's some other needs, and he thought these self that, that these were the needs that really mattered. Cognitive needs, aesthetic needs, self-actualization needs. And, and he thought, this is where it's at. Well, a decade later, he comes back and he rebuts his study. And he says, I was wrong. In us, there's this need to be fulfilled, to live beyond ourselves. It was that transcendent need, that need to go beyond ourselves, to, to live outside of our own goals, where we make a difference. God put that in every person. What does Ephesians 4, 1 say? I live worthy of the calling I've placed inside of you. God's put that in every human being, believer or not, a desire to go beyond what we can do. And that can only happen with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and Jesus in our life. And God wants to live that life through you now. Amen? He wants to live that life now, a life beyond. What's in, the, in your power to do for somebody else today? What is in your power now to do for somebody else today? Buy somebody a cup of coffee. My family is taking a history now, my whole family on my side. Every year we find a family in need and we bless them for Christmas. We'll buy the Christmas trees, Christmas lights, all the gifts. We go all out. And it's something we start doing because we realize, you know what? We don't really need all that stuff. Come on, how many of you can't even get into your bedroom? 
How many of you can't even get to your bed in your bedroom? It's quiet in here. I had a tenant one time who called me and said, hey, can I get a TV? I said, sure, go ahead, buy a TV. It doesn't matter. Well, the, uh, my, my co-tenant said, they were roommates, says, well, um, um, I, I, haven't, I said, you just need to ask her. So she called me back. She said, well, it turns out, I asked her, turns out we got three TVs in our two-bedroom apartment. I just can't see them. What do you have right now that you could bless somebody else with? Live beyond. Regardless of what you see on the news. You know what? That's why the news is fear-mongering. That's why you see what's going on. It's to make the church inactive and start poking at each other about Republicans and Democrats and talking about things that don't matter. Let me tell you what happens in four years. All new things happen in four years. You know how many four years woe has been taught, lived for? I ask her, what do you think about the political climate? She says, I don't care. I pray for those in authority over me, and I trust Jesus with the rest. Ooh, I just messed your whole political theology. Some of that stuff you're posting on Facebook, all you're doing is sowing discord amongst the brethren. All you're doing is bringing disunity in the body of Christ. Ooh, it's getting quiet in here. What's your political affiliation, Pastor Javier? Jesus Christ. What do you believe in? I believe in praying for those in authority over me. And I trust God for the outcome. Amen? I trust God. I'm going to work by now. He's placed us on this earth right now for a reason. Not to go at each other, but to come together and each joint supply their now, right now, to make a difference in this world. To live beyond. It's getting quiet in here. Shut off CNN. Shut off Fox. Shut off MSNBC. And you know what you need to do? Get down. Do it God's way. Fellowship. Break bread. Pray. Amen. Study God's word. What did Jesus say? Pay Caesar what's due to Caesar. After that, I'm going to do miracles every day of my life. You know God has a miracle he wants to do. He, you know how he wants you to pray each and every day. God, what would you have me do today to impact the life of somebody else? To transcend, to live beyond. I love what Pastor Jules said. That's true. I love that scripture. He eats seed to the sower. Not those that want to sow, but those that are already sowing. Those that are working their now, now. Whatever I got, because what you do with what you got now is what you will do if God gives you more. And he don't want a bunch of spoiled babies. Come on, how many of you could say, I've been spoiled by God? And you've seen the goodness of the Lord in your life. Psalms 112, 4 and 6 says, Light shines in the darkness for the godly. They are generous, compassionate, and righteous. Some people will not be overcome by evil. Those who are righteous will be long remembered. That's why we were celebrating Woa. They were talking about years and years ago. They will be long remembered. There's some people that are going to make an impact in your life. And there's some people I've been to, there's nobody there. Awfully quiet in here. I believe they're writing your tomorrow today, Pastor Don. I believe we are writing our obituaries today. What will they say about you? 
Oh, he accumulated tons of stuff, got real estate, got some cars. You know what his net worth? I've never been at a funeral where somebody said, do you know what his net worth was? Any of you been to one of those? I've been to ones that say, look at all he had, and he had no relationship in his life. Ooh, bless you, Jesus. God wants us. He wants stories about his kids in this world. Amen? But look what it said, righteous, not perfect. I want you to understand righteousness and perfection are two very different things. Amen? It's acknowledging. It's being honest with our saying, saying, this is what I am. And God, you know I'm imperfect. You want me to work mine out? I will work mine out. You want to overcome those sins that so easily ensnare you? Work your now. Stop living navel-gazing and looking at all your issues. Say, God, you see me with all my issues, but use me now. I got to fix myself first. Well, let me tell you, boo, you will not fix yourself. You won't fix yourself. Amen? The, shake, the, the righteous will never be shaken, but always remember. Proverbs 22, 1, a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. And favor is better than silver and gold. Amen? David was not perfect. Actually, let me tell you, David killed some people. David killed the man because he wanted his wife. But you know why? You see God use David? Because you read all of the Psalms. He'd run back to him and say, look at who I am. Wretched, horrible. Lord, forgive me. He made mistakes, but he knew who he could run to to deal with those issues. Amen? You need to be real with who you are. Stop trying to be. You want to know why you got all that credit card debt and Macy's debt and Kmart debt? And, and Kmart went out of business because of you. Our orchard's going out of business because of you. Because you're trying to be something you're not. Be who you are now. You ask the leadership of this church, I ask the leadership, how are we going to make some changes in our financial structure so that we give more than ever before? We are giving more right now than ever before, but I believe it's nothing. That's without trying. Imagine if we put an effort into it where we impact our city and our world for Jesus Christ. We're called to do that now. That's why we're called to do that now. I believe God will speak us to all of us collectively of what he's calling us to do now. If we all work our now. Let me tell you, the Lord spoke very clearly. Everything you need, you got now. Everything you knew, you want the next, work your now. Some of you need to tattoo that on your forehead and put it backwards so you look at yourself in the mirror. We need to serve all in. We got to be all in. All in. We need to serve this house like it's ours. This is your house. Your pews, your walls, your parking lot. It's amazing how many people I see walk by a piece of litter on the ground, don't even pick it up. This is your house. Could you imagine if we all served all in? Amen? Some of you have been dating long enough. It's time to get all in. You've been christening the girl, but it's time to marry the girl. Ooh, put a ring on it. Put a ring on it. Isn't there a song goes like that? Put a ring on it. You laughing at my, at my singing, Jan? Put a ring on it. 
Just something like that. Looks like a chicken rooster shaking its leg for a chicken. Amen? Get into the grow track. Amen? You've been standing around long enough. It's time to get in the game. It's time to get in the name. Let me tell you. You want to tell you a secret? You need to write this down. This is very revelatory. It's funner to be in the game than to watch the game. Some of you are mad and angry because you're not in the game. You're commenting on what other people are doing in the game. And you've gotten bitter because your pew has your, 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 your butt imprint on it. And you get mad because people sit where you were supposed to sit. And, and, and you're mad because from there you could see the game and God saying, well, I'm moving some new people into your seat because it's he's trying to edge you out saying it's time to get in the game. Amen? Let me tell you, I believe with my whole heart you have not really gone to church until you're part of making a difference by serving the church. I want to start a new campaign, Pastor Nemo. W1S1. Worship one, serve one. Worship one, serve one. It's amazing to me. I've had people say, you know, I stood for 10 minutes. Really? I stood, I stand all day on Sundays. I stand in worship. I stand up and preach. I stand and go meet people. And I stand all day. Sometimes I do all three. Sometimes we have meeting after. I stand all day. And you know what? Sunday's my favorite day. It's my favorite day because we get to encourage people to live now. And, and, and we get a little bit of dirty mist on our car and we say, I can't go to church today. Oh, man, it's raining outside. 75 today. A little bit too cold. 80, too hot. Got to be 77. I'll go. <laughs> Amen? Quiet all of a sudden. Look at what the disciples did, Mark 9, 35 through 34. But they kept silent. For on the road they had disputed among themselves, who's going to be the greatest? Who's going to be at the next level? And he sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, If anyone desires to be first, he should be last of all and servant of all. Tell your neighbor, it's time for us to serve all. Serve all. John 6, 27, Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures for everlasting life which the Son of God will give you because the Father, God the Father has set His seal on Him. Don't just live life Monday through Friday for your job. Get on the team. Be part of the body of Christ. Don't work for food that spoils. Work for food that endures for eternal life. There's a gentleman right there. One, two, three, four. Fifth row back. Sitting right there. Manny Ambrosio. I remember that man, when his wife was alive, he taught me how to serve. I remember he and his wife would come into this church all by themselves, pick up, put up scaffolding. It was the days when we had chandeliers with how many bulbs in each one? 20-something bulbs. And we would take them all down, wash them twice a year. And it was them two and me and Melinda. And we started doing that. And I learned what it was to serve. He owned an he owned his own company. He was busy working. He was blessed beyond measure. His children are blessed. You know why? Because he put his effort into eternal things. 
he come around this church and get a little grumpy saying why does the house look like this some of you need to get a little grumpy when you come in here you know, this is my house why does it look like this and you know what I'll say there's some paint well paint that baby amen and it's because of people like that made example whoa she never complained oh this is where I live this is all I got she did with whatever she is she's been to China she's traveled the world not because of entitlement, because she knew God wanted her to live above her now. She served a limitless God. Some of us are late waiting, you know, you're waiting for the stock price to be right here. To make this much and that much. Let me tell you, you're putting all your trust in the wrong thing. You're putting your trust in the wrong thing. And enough of us put our trust there, we're going to have another 2,008. Because God will shake things up and he'll show you who's in charge. You ask my wife, when 2004 came, 2008 come, everybody, when, nine, when the year 2000 came, everybody was yelling and screaming and concerned. And I said, you know what? I trust Jesus. And get Jesus take care of us? All of our investments, all our stuff, God took care of. Because I said, you know what? It's all his anyway. It's all his anyway. It's all his anyway. I'm going to serve him first. And she'll attest. You tell him this is true or not, wife of mine. What used to be my priority when I was young and wanting to strive has flipped completely. The chasing the dream, the acquiring the stuff, all that stuff, I don't even think about. I could care less about. My drive is Jesus. My drive is Jesus. And you know what? He takes care of me everywhere else. If I just do what Jesus has called me to do, Pastor Violet Kitely lived on $1,250 every month. And when the church tried to give her more, she'd give it back to the church. Let me tell you, that woman died rich. 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 This sanctuary was full. The gym was full at her funeral. 10,000 people were watching online. She died rich. You know why? Because she put her time and effort into eternal food and not food that perishes she lived beyond she'd walk up to you even though you were a drug addict and say God has a calling he's placed inside of you she lived beyond the walls she wanted to touch the world for Jesus amen I believe we need to live urgently today to share Christ to share Jesus I shared earlier heaven and hell are real heaven and hell are real heaven and hell are real amen there's a story of my niece Ruth we were at fairyland and we were at fairyland and my niece it was six years ago maybe even yeah six years she's maybe five years old or so so longer oh, oh my goodness nine years ago time flies when you're having fun and the whole family was there with all the kids and I remember all of a sudden, everybody started looking around saying, where's Ruth? And we freaked out. She was lost at Fairyland. How many of you have ever lost something before? Five dollars. What do you do for five dollars? You turn that house upside down. You rip everything apart. Didn't matter if you just paid a hundred dollars to get it clean. You lose five dollars. You flip that thing upside down. 
And I remember she was lost. We were looking all over. I was telling the security guards, I run. I, I, first thing I thought, somebody grabbed her. They're taking off this place. So I run to the main entrance. And everybody's out there. I run into the office and say, why are the gates open? Somebody is lost. They all looked at me. I walked into the management's office. They looked at me like I was a crazy man. And I don't know the look I gave them, but it must have been scary because I said, listen, you better shut this place right now. Something happens to my niece. You're in trouble. They ran out all of a sudden. They ran out, shut that place down. But I was perturbed by their inactivity. They didn't care that my niece was lost. It changed my focus. It changed my life. I asked my wife after that, did we, we got the guinea pig on somebody else. We never lost our kids. Always. Even when they were little, I'd stand over in the department store and watch them kind of wander on their own. they go, and I'd be, here I am. Never let them get lost. I'd watch them go through the clothes racks. I knew where they were. I knew where they were. But you know what got me, Pastor Jules? Was their inactivity. Here somebody was lost, and they were sitting around talking like nothing. You know how much billions of people are in the world right now? 7.6 billion people. And the Bible talks about what Jesus would do for the one lost sheep. For that one lost coin. Amen? Nobody else, I wasn't worried about my kids when she was lost. I was looking for the lost. Hey, I believe God right now, he's looking at us, but his compassion, his heart is broken for those out in the world that are lost. He said, you're quivering, you're mad, you're praying for a, a bigger turkey dinner. You're praying for another $2 an hour. But what about the lost? What about those that I want you to rise above? I want you to transcend. I want you to impact, to bring, to live beyond, to bring them for Jesus Christ. God's calling us. There's an urgency right now. Bible says Jesus would leave us right now if there was a lost person outside. He'd go. He'd go. And he'd cause change. We need to live a life beyond our stuff, our issues, our focus. I was so impacted by Carmen. She'll be here next service. They had diagnosed her with cancer in her kidney. And you know what she said? She said, you know what, Javier? It's all going to work out. I trust the Lord. I'm going to see family come to Jesus. We got a report. What did you get that text yesterday? We prayed for her last Sunday. They said they want to poke again. They can't find any cancer. The doctors came back this week and said, I am cancer-free in the name of Jesus. But she never was saying, pray for me. She never once said, pray for me. She said, I know this is going to touch people. Brian Tata was just changed, sent us a text. His mom's been in and out of hospice. She's like 99, 95 or 99 years old. 288 people have come to Jesus through that ordeal in nine months. Doctors, nurses, care people. The question, we stub our toe and that's all that we think about. Oh Lord, I can't pay my cell phone this month. Yeah, because you're focusing on the wrong thing. You got yourself in the issue you're in right now. 
God's saying, it's time to live beyond. Time to be, live beyond. God wants us to impact community. I believe God's calling us. We are living, Pastor Don, in a season where he wants the church to be the, never the same. Amen? I believe if we all lived all in, this community would never be the same. Oakland would never be the same. The Bay Area would never be the same. We were at a con pastor's conference this last week, and I told them that. We, I believe God's put gifts in each side. We are not, we, there were some Oakland pastors there. I said, you know what? We need to get it together. We need to quit, quit shifting cousins. We need to come together as the body of Christ and change this city, change this region, change this nation, this world for Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, there will not be enough churches if that happens. You want to see breakthrough in your life? You know what through breakthrough is? True breakthrough is when God so touches you that you turn around and that change he causes in, in your life, it brings change into somebody else's life. That's true breakthrough. Breakthrough is not just a bunch of people saying, look at how blessed I am. Breakthrough is when it comes into my life and it flows into other people's lives. Right where you're at. I want to pray for you. We have Lauren here. Sitting here by Pastor Chris. Why don't you stand up, Lauren? God's called him. God's called him to run for city council. And I told him when he asked me, he said, Pastor Javier, will you write something, pray for me? I said, as long as you do it God's way, yes. I'm not about Republicans or Democrats. I believe you need the left wing and the right wing in order to make the whole bird fly. Amen. One wing will just, the thing will just do circles. The other wing, it'll just do circles the opposite direction. But I believe all of you right here, anybody else in the room, you know God's called you to something bigger now. Right now. Some of you are looking at next. No, no, now. If that's you, could you stand up? He's going to be a point of contact. I'm going to pray for him. But I want to pray for you. Some of you right now, God's saying, this message has stirred something up. And God's saying, the Holy Spirit, that's why I wore my little Holy Spirit shirt right now, is telling you right now, now's the time. Not later, now. If you're in the room and that's you, could you stand up? I want to pray for you as we close the service. Father, I thank you for your word. If you have the communion bread with you, did you get a communion cup? Come on, anybody else? You hear, you feel that urgency. I don't know about you. You asked Melinda for years now that there's an urgency. God wants his people now. Amen? Now don't be jealous of Lauren because he's running for city council. Well, I should be doing that. God's called you to do something where you're at now. Amen? Some of you, he's calling people to your house to teach them how to eat better. Some of you, he's calling people to your house to learn how to do some exercises. Some, he's calling people to your house or the pathway so you could teach them about studying the Word of God. Some of you, God's saying, get on the prayer line. Some of you, God's saying, just serve. Some of you, God's saying, just do something. Amen? Get out that cup. And as I pray, Father, we thank you for your bread, for your blood. Your word says every time we take this to do it in remembrance of you. Not just the fact that you died and rose again, but you died and rose again and sent your Holy Spirit unto something. You've come to empower us and to set us free, not just to be saved, but unto something. There's something great in you. There's a calling in you. 
that God has placed inside of you. God's called you to impact cities. He's called you to impact your neighborhood, your co-workers. Father, why do you always put me around with those angry people at work? Well, because there's something inside of you they need. Amen? But I don't know what to do. Why don't you just start by praying for them? Next Sunday, we're going to get some cards here. And it's going to say a little something to show you God loves you. And we're going to pass them out. And you're going to buy some people some coffee, pay their toll. You're going to pray for them. You're going to give them that card. And you're going to say, you're going to do something and give them the card. You're not just going to give them the card. You're going to fork out what you got. God's giving you something now to impact somebody's life. Pastor Chris and I were on the flight back from our trip. And there was a stewardess there. And we started chatting it up with her. Got to share with her, show her love and kindness. Told her who I was. She started telling us about her personal stuff. I'm not going to share that because she said she'd come to church. We invited her to church, said she couldn't this week, maybe next week. But her whole countenance changed. Not only that, she blocked a seat, and he and I got a whole emergency room to ourselves. Praise Jesus. God will give you favor. Just showing love and kindness. Start talking about different relationships. And I start telling her, you need to work here now. What has God called you to now? Some of you looking for a Boaz or a Boazette. You need to be content where you are now. Amen? Amen? That's what Paul's story was. I counted all nothing. Even though he had been, Pastor Nina, five times given 39 lashes. Jesus got one, almost killed him. Five times, beaten, stoned, imprisoned. He said it was nothing compared to the great thing that God has in his life. Nothing. Some of those things you're making something are nothing compared to the great thing in your life. Amen? Lauren, you do it God's way. You watch. You watch the favor. Don't settle. Don't do it the way the world's done it. Do it God's way. Pray every day. Fast every day. Pray for this city. Amen? You know how you know where you're at in your trust of the Lord? How are you praying? How are you praying? Oh, Lord, bless me. Oh, Father, I got this issue, that issue. Carmen never once asked us for prayer. She was praying for her family. She was praying for her friends. Let's begin to pray for the world like never before. Amen? And, and let's not pray, oh, well, let Pastor Javier do it. That's my, not my job. My job, you want to know my job? Ephesians 4 tells me, equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Got some saints in the house? Where's some saints at? All the saints say, ooh, oh, ooh, oh. Come on, where are the saints at? All the people in the house say, ooh, oh, ooh. That's you, baby. You're it. You are it. You are Noah's art to this generation. You're it. You're it, Lauren. You're it. You're the key to your workplace. You're the key to your boss's issues. You're there. You're it. Father, I thank you for each person here. Lord, we pray, even as we take the bread and drink the cup in remembrance of you, Lord, we do it not just as a sacrament, 
but today we do it as a faith action declaring Lord we're doing it in remembrance that you called us for something greater not just to save us but to empower us to live beyond in our now not next in our now and right now father I declare some of us need to ask the Lord we need to repent right now before we take the blood Lord I repent for not being content where I'm at in life not being content for my station always looking at the next and not entrusting you in my now not letting my limitless God move in a way that he never moved before. Thank you for listening to this message from Senior Pastor Javier Ramos. We invite you to join us at Shiloh Church for worship, prayer, and the message of God every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Or watch us online at shilohchurch.com.